heater. Wah, 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 wah. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Top news. Formula One time, baby. Breaking news, ladies and gents. We are at the start of December. Christmas is coming up. But we have the sprint race calendar for 2024 already. So let's check it out, guys, shall we? All right. So here we go. Let's go straight into this today. China, the venue, Shanghai, is the first sprint event. That's April 19th to the 21st, guys. Miami are going to have one as well on May 3rd to the 5th. Austria, June 28th to the 30th. That's at the A1 ring. United States, the Austin Grand Prix, October 18th and the 20th. Brazil. Sao Paulo, Interlagos track, November 1st to the 3rd, and Qatar, Lucille, November 29th to December 1st. So guys, I think that's a really, really good, interesting combination of tracks, what we have here. Because especially when you look at, I mean, if you look at like even Shanghai, that's, that's quite a fucking technical track, guys. That, that, and that, that's hired on the cars, that you've got some fucking quick tra- corners there that the load on the car even and the downforce that they're, they're going to be putting on a lot of strain on the cars of that one so Shanghai is definitely going to put the cars to the test because even though the laps well they should probably be doing uh let me see do they say anything about how many laps it's going to be i they're not saying how many yet but that's okay. It's probably going to be, you know, whatever, the, the 25% of the race, right? So around about 25 laps, all right? Let's just go with the 25 laps. Even though, guys, 25 laps might not seem like a lot, it's a fuckload. Especially at the different type of track that you go to. And Shanghai will put a lot of strain on, the, on those cars. So the, the great thing about Shanghai will be not only is the sprint going to be tough because it's just a quick sprint endurance, but it's also going to matter. The tire wear, the car wear, going into the actual main event, the Grand Prix itself, on the Sunday afternoon. So it's going to affect the cars to a certain degree. So, I mean, it's really going to put the cars to a, to a test, guys, which is... Very exciting for us, of course. Miami, then, not so much. Not so much, okay? I mean, it's, you know, there's not huge amount of stress that you'd have on the car there in Miami. The heat will definitely play a part on this, and it's the start of May. So, I mean, I think a lot of you know Miami. It's a fucking hot, it's a hot, I was going to say country. It's a hot city. Uh, right down the south the humidity is going to play a factor but i think with the long straights they're going to be able to cool the cars down quite well so i don't think they're going to have to worry about it too much in miami definitely shanghai would be shanghai would be right up at the top before before miami now spielberg in june the 28th and 30th well spielberg they get some good it's it's obviously definitely going to be uh, it's going to be warm there at in the June 28th to the 30th. There's no doubt about it. I just don't think it's going to be... Uh, they, they wouldn't have the humidity like Miami. And 
the, the track itself wouldn't be as strenuous as Shanghai. So definitely Shanghai is, for now, at the moment, it's right up there. Uh, so Spielberg won't be as bad. A little bit of heat to worry about, but I, Miami would be worse. Miami would be worse. Now, United States, Austin. Now, I think this is a really interesting one here, guys. Because if you've seen the Austin track, you know, like the first part of the track, you come out of turn one, which is that very sharp left. You're going sort of down a very gradual downhill, and then you're going into the sweeping very fast, right, left, right, left. And it's bumpy too. So would it be, it wouldn't be as tough as Shanghai, I don't think. It's going to be right up there though, guys. It's going to be right up there. And it's definitely going to play a factor for the main Grand Prix as well, especially because of those bumps, you know? I mean, you think about it, guys. Let's say if they are doing the 25 laps. That's 25 times you're going through that, that, that section here. Quick left, right, left, right over those bumps. It's going to cause a bit of a fucking strain on the cars. So that's going to be an interesting one. I, I think these are really exciting tracks for having this sprint, you know? Again, just simply for this reason. Now, not only do we have Austin, we've got Brazil, Interlagos. Now, fuck me, ladies and gentlemen. The Brazil track is a fucking beast of a track. It's anti-clockwise. It's bumpy. It's got gradients. It's got high g-force would you you wouldn't necessarily call it a a high speed track no it's just the the strain will come from the camber and cast the cat sorry not caster the camber the load sensing in the the corners itself so that's gonna play havoc on on the cars too and it'll definitely it'll definitely strengthen the, the the Formula 1 driver's necks, put it that way, because Brazil is always a test. You've got to be fucking fit coming into Brazil. There's no two ways about it. It is definitely one of the tracks now out there. Probably not the most intense, but it's probably one of the most intense tracks for for making sure that, hey, buddy, if you're fit, it'll show at the, this track. Do you know what I mean? So you've got to really, uh, really be on your game with your fitness at Brazil. Guitar, great track too, really fast. That's going to put a load on. Now, the thing with guitar, though, it's a very smooth track. Now, unless I'm missing something here, and we we haven't seen much of the, the guitar track before, but I've seen plenty of it on board footage, and I don't think it's going to be... <sighs> the heat will definitely play a part. There's no two ways about it. The heat will play a part the load in the corners too will play a part just the smoothness will will be able to be forgiving to the cars let's say okay it'll be a forgiving track if anything so anyway guys I think it's <laughs> just a quick breakdown of those six tracks and I think it's great. I think the sprint race is very, very good. I mean, Christian Horner did talk about it this year before, that maybe they do a reverse grid. I mean, I couldn't believe Christian Horner even fucking said that. Like, a reverse grid, Christian Horner? What are you talking about? I couldn't believe that came out of one of the, one of the, the teams... The, te <laughs> the teams' mouth. Incredible. 
I mean, especially from the, the drivers. The drivers certainly don't want a fucking reverse grid. And the teams, they don't want a reverse grid. So, I don't know what Christian Horner's playing at here when he's discussing this type of thing. Because that doesn't make sense, what he's saying. Now, then again, look. Maybe they're, they're so super confident right now that they can start from anywhere. And, I mean, they literally have started from the back of the grid. And they've come to, one, to win the fucking race. Now, look, Christian Horner's not an idiot either. He knows that his luck isn't going to last forever. I mean, nothing lasts forever. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, he'll probably dominate Red Bull. Uh, Red Bull will probably dominate for the next few years. Probably. Probably. But it always comes to an end, too, because someone eventually outdoes you. Okay? Someone always gets the latest technology. They find something in the car. And they're the, the competitors. I mean, look at look at Mercedes. Mercedes were dominant with Hamilton for years. What was it? Six? Was it six or seven years now again? Um, I'm sorry, that's top of my head now. I'm sure it was six years, wasn't it? Anyway, not to worry. But they had such a dominant performance and just string back to back, year after year after year. And now it's Red Bull's turn. So, I mean, they've dominated for the last, well, you could say definitely for the last two years. Then they had the showdown with Hamilton in 2021. So you wouldn't call it complete dominance because it was really against Verstappen and Hamilton for that year. So it wasn't completely dominant, but they've definitely dominated for the last two years. So I would love to see a reverse grid. It'd be fucking brilliant. I mean, the drama of what could happen in, in those reverse grid races, guys. And I presume probably a lot of you know, but if you don't know what a reverse grid is, in other words, you'll, like, if, if you're Verstappen and you're the quickest out there, they'll just reverse the grid. And it's probably very self-explanatory, but uh, I said, I'd look at just explain it just in case. But uh, if Verstappen is quickest, then you'll have Verstappen starting last. So he's just got to, he'll start last for the sprint race or the Grand Prix itself and try and make his way through. So obviously for us watching, it'll be a lot more, a lot more entertaining. There's no two ways about it, but I don't know, guys. I just, I can't see them go that distance. I think there'd be fucking war by the teams. Absolute war. There'd be blood on the dance floor here if they went reverse grid. It'd be great to see. There's no two ways about it. It'd be great to fucking see. And, but look, hey, let's see what happens. You never know. You never know because Netflix Drive to Survive really has made Formula One out to, to be a, it's a fucking spectacle now. I mean, it's, it's a, it's an experience almost watching it. I mean, they're like characters. I mean, I think, was it uh, Daniel Ricardo? I think Daniel Ricardo said, well, he was on the Jimmy Kimmel show there recently, and I watched the, the the interview, and I think he was basically saying that people think that they're actually actors. They're actually playing a part, you know. And Ricardo's like, no, 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 like this is this is real, you know. <laughs> like we're real drivers. We're, we we don't fuck around here. We're not acting here. We're no, we're not up for an Oscar here. You know what I mean? Or Golden Globe or whatever the fuck, or an an, an Emmy. Do you know, so it's um, definitely it's it, it's it's turned turn into a total fucking spectacle, guys. And you know, I, I don't know, I, I don't know. We, we'll see. Reverse grid wouldn't that be fucking awesome, though? 
So here's some interesting tech news here. Now they're saying that uh, on the Ferrari car, did Ferrari's qualifying gamble on rear wing levels cost them a win in Las Vegas? Okay, well, first of all, before we even speak about this, I don't think it has. It hasn't. They just simply don't have the race pace. They've got it in qualifying, and hopefully they can do something now, guys. Because there's a lot of Ferrari fans out there. I'm a Ferrari fan. I really am at the end of the day. And I hope they can do something. They deserve some fucking victories here. They really do. They've put in a lot of work. They've... They're missing something, though. What is that fucking little secret element? Because, you know, they're not a million miles away here, guys. Because if you're quick in qualifying, and I mean, how many times were they quick in qualifying? Were they stuck it on pole? Or they just missed out? And, and then they just don't have the race pace. Now, look, one small thing like this is everything. But in terms of them trying to go back to the drawing board here and try and find, you know, a miracle? No, absolutely not. They don't need to find a miracle. They're so fucking close right now again like i'm saying that small little thing they might never find it like they literally might never find that that one extra percent they need for the race pace and endurance because i think ferrari in general verstappen was always up there this year but you know when ferrari were up there they did have the advantage on Red Bull. You know? Now, yes, I think Red Bull were definitely more consistent this year. No question. No question in qualifying and race. But when but when Ferrari were on it, when they were right up there in qualifying, boom, there's no two ways about it. They were the top dog of qualifying then. They just struggle sometimes. I think what we have here, guys, is is a, a balance, just a general balance here with their with their tires. Because they might go to let's say, uh, just just throwing throwing some pulling stuff out of the, the sky here now. But I mean, they could go to let's say Monaco, and they could be really good, but on soft tires. Then they could go to let's say Spa and Belgium, a fast track, and they could go on hard tires, and they could be dominant. But if they went back on the soft tires, like they would in Monaco, they're fucked. So I. I Whereas the Red Bull were consistent all throughout the year. In terms of, it didn't really matter necessarily what what tire they had on. It really didn't. And they just had a solid, solid fucking base. Their mechanical grip, that's where they won this year, guys. Because that's the key of Formula 1. That's the key of any racing uh, once you you, um, progress on from karting. In racing cars, it's all about your mechanical grip. Because if you, if, if you can get your mechanical grip to a perfection level, which you never can, but if you can get it even close, and you can afford to sacrifice aerodynamic grip, you're really onto something then. Because at least then with aero, aero grip, you're not relying on it, number one. Number two, if you've got something to play around with, well then, oh my god, that's almost like a bonus round for the teams. You know, it's it's like a, an extra an extra 
an ex- yeah, an extra bonus that you've got up your sleeve, an ace up your sleeve, so to speak, and they can fuck around with that as much as they want. So that's where Red Bull have been dominant this year. Mechanical grip is unbelievable in that RB19. Was it the RB19 they call it? And let's see what they come out with RB20. And, you know, I don't know, guys, if you knew that Red Bull are actually working on their, 20, their 2024 car for the last six months. Like, do you realize how much of a head start that is? That is unfucking believable Now, you know what? What did we see this year? We saw McLaren pull it out of their ass. Probably one of the greatest of all time upgrades the world's ever seen. Seriously, in Formula 1. There's not many teams that have come from the back of the grid, right? I mean, if they were lucky, they were up midfield. If they were lucky for some of those races. They were mainly down at the back, guys, at the start of the 2023 season. Until they got to Silverstone, they had one big fucking update and boom! They're right up in there on the podium. You know, you probably think I'm sounding like a broken record. I've said it so many times that it was the update to end all updates almost. It was unbelievable. So, unless a team which, hey, listen, we've seen it already with McLaren. Anything's fucking possible. And they've just proved that again this year. There's been other teams that have, have made some serious improvements in one race with an update to come along. But very few. Very few. McLaren just dominated that upgrade. Unreal. Now look, they didn't have enough to get over the line to win races this year. They didn't. But you know what, guys? The way they're going right now... If they can, if they can just find that extra two percent now, they're going to be right up there for next year. And as we can see for now, I don't think there's there's not there's not a huge amount drastically changing for 2024. Maybe I'm missing something here, or I missed something, but I don't think I have. And you know, the the budget cap in there, they've definitely figured out some way of of trying to do this properly without fucking expanding the money. They've just found something is it enough to get them over the line for the wins not right yet but guys like i said anything's possible and if mclaren can do it look it's very possible other teams can do it too because i mean you've got the ferraris of the world all ferrari need is that one percent you know aston martin with fernando alonso at the start of the year so fucking quick really at the start of the year was on podiums he had a great, a good, consistent run of podiums, and I—they're looking for. I mean, Aston Martin for 2024. They're looking for about three to five percent improvement, which is a fucking huge amount. Now, look if it's anything like McLaren, where they do one upgrade and boom, <laughs> it's definitely possible. And you know, they're on the right track here. Now. Unfortunately, as we saw throughout the year here, it was it was a, it was a crying shame for Aston Martin where they were putting on upgrades on the car and they just went fucking backwards. And look, guys, that happens sometimes in racing. You can get some upgrade here. It looks great in the wind tunnel, right? I mean, it all looks great in the factory on that wind tunnel. And the moment it hits fucking track out in the real outdoors. Boom, the car's nowhere. <laughs> You're like, and it just goes to show you all the technology 
all the fucking stats, all the data coming back to the teams. Sometimes you just can't fucking predict what that car is going to goddamn do when it comes out of the gates. And a lot of the time they can. You know, because technology is that good, but every now and then, every now and then, it throws a spanner in the works and it just goes to show. And they they went backwards. And, I mean, for a team, guys, to go back to their original setup. Like, imagine that, right? You're in the season. You're, you're gaining, you know, they got a little bit of improvement here and there and, you know, a bit of this and a bit of that. But then all of a sudden... They start going backwards and like, whoa, what the fuck? Now, it's probably understandable, too, that they're wondering, shit, man, did the other teams update now? Are, are we actually doing better? Because they would have really known that they were doing better if they went back to the same track again. You know what I mean? So if they went to, let's say, Austria, and they were doing, a, what is it, 1 minute 1.2, whatever the lap time is, I can't remember now off the top of my head. But, if you know, whatever lap time it was, and then they came back two or three weeks later with another update, well, then they'd obviously have a very, very good idea if they're going in the right direction or not, because the lap time would tell at the same track. It's a perfect benchmark. But the problem is, they don't. And it's a bit of a guesswork. Fuck, did Red Bull update? Did fucking McLaren update? Did fucking Ferrari update? What's going on here, boys? So it took a little bit of time. Now, they would have been on it too, right? They would have had a very good idea how it's going because, look, Alonso, brilliant driver. He would have given them some good feedback too. Lance Stroll is very, very good too, and he would have given them some good feedback. But, uh, you know, guys, it's just... It, that's what's great about Formula 1, though, isn't it? It's so exciting. You've no idea what comes out of the gates. Even the fucking teams, they'd have no idea. Even when they go to, to Bahrain now for the first test in, in 2024 in February. God, it's only like two months away, guys. It's incredible. So, like, when they go there to Bahrain, they're not even going to know. Like, they're going to have a few test days. Yes, they'll get an idea where they are. But until that first qualifying and the first fucking race... They have no idea where they are because some teams could be calling a bluff or some teams just might find something and the last minute. So it's great, guys. It's great. So, guys, that's all the kind of the news so far. I just wanted to uh, to get you up to, uh, to up to speed here if, if you if you weren't up to speed here. And let me see. I'll just have a, one more look. Now, there's a couple of there's, they're on about Mick Schumacher again. And, I mean, Schumacher's got a plan to try and get back to the grid. Can he do it? <sighs> I'm not feeling very positive about Mick Schumacher getting back to Formula 1. You know why? Because he was there, first of all. He's Michael Schumacher's kid. As we all, a lot of us know, Schumacher it was a god in Formula 1. And to have Mick Schumacher getting booted out of the fucking team, with his dad being the, the way who he is... And, you know, he came in hot. He just won the F2 championship. One year later, bang, Formula 1. So that was his moment. I mean, it's not like he's picked up some momentum here and more excitement about him and people are raving about him again. No. So, can he come back? I don't know. Jesus. And it's hard to know. It's hard to know. We'll obviously find out more within the next few weeks. Uh, and maybe a month, maybe a month and a half. Now, if he pays to get back there, which he did at the start, 
Well, can he do it? Maybe. Maybe. I'd love to see him back there. He's a nice guy. I do rate him. I think he's quite good. I think he is definitely. He's quite good. And it's just nice to see a nice guy up there too. You know? No, there's plenty of nice guys in Formula 1. But I mean, he's just a pure gent, this guy, Mick Schumacher. And I think as well, you know, it's not that he's not... He's certainly not putting on a fake act, a fake thing at all. I think he's just very, very humble that he knows his dad is a god in Formula 1. And it's a lot to live up to. So... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. So, guys, that, that's mainly the top stories. We'll, of course, be back with plenty more when we uh, when we roll out into the next few few weeks and months before the F1 season starts. We're going to go into some Drive to Survive 2, guys. I've actually started already. I'm watching Netflix Drive to Survive Season 1 all over again. And we're going to review some of the... Some of the um, uh, the, the, the episodes and uh, what I really want to do is go into it is I know what it's like to be a racing driver I know what the racing world is like and you know I'm gonna call bullshit on anything that I see which is fake or not fake because the, quite a few people say hey do you know Peter like remember that something happened in that first I'm like all right yeah like is that does that actually happen you know and it, that actually I got the idea from that because people were asking me like wow is that real you know, and quite a few people were shocked and surprised to hear that some of the stuff was real. And a lo- I'm telling you guys, a lot of Netflix Drive to Survive is very fucking real. Some of the stuff they edit, like some of the crashes are... Uh, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, not the crashes. The, um, the, the bitching, right? You know, where you might have, let's say, example now, Christian Horner and Toto Wolf. They're not actually fighting at a weekend, but all of a sudden... Christian says something about Toto Wolf behind his back and then they snap they they they, they snap over or pan over to Toto Wolf you know and it looks like Toto Wolf is looking over at him hearing everything he's saying you know I, <laughs> I think some of that is bullshit of course but I'm telling you guys the actual bitching behind people's backs is real so anyway we're going to get to that I'm very excited about that I can't wait so guys we'll leave it there thanks for listening and I will be back again Bye bye. Peter. Wow. 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 Wow.